It has been a while, and so it's time to get back to player events. We break down the season for three forwards with plenty of promise, but also plenty left on the table. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Twenty twenty three. My name's Philip Ross. Mike. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Philip On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to dive into the season of three forwards and even their careers, but left a lot on the table and leaves a big question for the position as a whole. So we're going to talk about the role that might be open coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. To search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. If you can't guess by now, we are talking about the backup forward position. Um, you know, they're, they're, the way this Magic roster, and we'll dive a little bit deeper into needs and 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 and, and what we actually anticipate the Orlando Magic uh, are going to attempt to do and attempt to build this off season, this season, um, in, in, in in over the course of the next few weeks, and and, and we'll have some fun with that uh, even this week actually. But no position probably has more potential on this roster. Then the forward spot. Obviously, Paolo Bancaro, Franz Wagner are your top two guys, are guys that this team feels like they can build around. But behind them, there is almost nothing but question marks. And so, you know, we've been talking a lot about the draft in our in our daily spin. We're going to skip the daily spin today. We'll, we'll focus a little bit more on the draft tomorrow. But every time we focus on the draft, we seem to come to two distinct needs. One is a shooter. Shooting is great. We love shooting. We want shooting. We need shooting. We desperately need shooting. Um, and the second is a backup four, to be perfectly honest. And that's because, quite frankly, as talented and as promising as the guys on this roster are that, that would fill that spot, they're just unreliable. And obviously... So much of this starts with Jonathan Isaac. There was, of course, the the the. I don't even want to call it a rumor. It, it was just a, I guess, a hypothetical. Um, Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report, uh, in ranking uh, or noting the top power fours, the top forwards uh, entering free agency, noted that the Magic, yes, could waive Jonathan Isaac. His contract is non guaranteed. And set him loose upon free agency. This, of course, is not what we expect to happen. As much as everyone's kind of over on Jonathan Isaac, and, and yes, the adductor strain that required surgery, or the adductor injury that required surgery, was certainly a major setback. It's also still abundantly clear how good he can be when he is on the floor. 
And so the question, as always, is, is Jonathan Isaac going to be on the floor? This season, Isaac played in only 11 games. Hardly enough to to draw too many conclusions. 11.3 minutes per game in those games because, of course, he hadn't played in three years and and the Magic were carefully watching his minutes. He averaged five points per game, shot 41.5% from the floor, 40% from three, with four rebounds per game, uh, and for good measure, 1.3 steals and 0.4 blocks per game as well. In the time that he spent on the floor, Jonathan Isaac showed us that defensive potential that made him a potential all-defensive team player. He showed us the Magic went 8-3. The Magic went 8-3 in the games that he played. It was, frankly, fun to see him play. Obviously, everyone was very happy to see him back out on the floor. But it was... Also, you know, it, it, it was also somewhat disappointing, to be perfectly honest, um, because we know that he can do more. And obviously, as good as he was and as impactful as he was when he was on the floor, there just wasn't enough of it. Isaac can still play when he's healthy. It's the second half of that sentence that has been the problem. He has come a long way since tearing his ACL uh, in the bubble back in August 2020. He has had several setbacks. And it is perfectly natural for you as a fan to say, I'm done with this guy. He was the number one question that I got from other media, from fans, from everyone. And I'd just be like, I don't know. And frankly... It's gotten to a point now where obviously you have Paolo, you have Franz, and you have some other players where it's what you get from Isaac is a bonus. I felt that way at the beginning of the season, and I feel that way now. You cannot count, or or your plans for the season cannot bet on Jonathan Isaac being available. That's the unfortunate thing, And, and, and... And I hate saying that because the dude has worked so hard, has been dealt such an awful hand, and has, you know, kept his optimism about him when I don't know how anyone could. I I think I think the, the, the injury trials that he's been through would break lesser men. Um, and so it's a credit to Jonathan Isaac that he's still willing to fight and still willing to get back out on the court. But as an organization, as a franchise, especially heading in to what I believe is his, uh, I think he has two more years left on his deal. Heading into these next few years, the Magic have to consider him as a trade asset. The Magic have to consider the possibility that they will cut him and make his contract non-guaranteed. The Magic have to make it, have to have to believe that he is almost like your appendix. He's there, and you just hope that it doesn't rupture and cause problems. Certainly, the Magic have plenty of experience with the Grand Hill contract weighing them down, and while the salary cap is certainly different, and the salary is not as uh, as as huge or as much of a percentage of the cap as Grand Hills was, there are realities. Time has moved forward. This team has moved on. This team is different. What this team needs is different. 
how this team is developing is different. And while Isaac can certainly contribute to a lot of that, the plans change. Unfortunately, this year, we got the absolute high of seeing Isaac back on the floor. We got to see Isaac play. We got to see him return to the court after the injury. We got to see him be himself. But unfortunately, it wasn't long enough. Unfortunately, injuries kept coming back. And in the end, it felt like another lost year. What will Jonathan Isaac look like when training camp begins? Well, he said that he was set to be full go uh, during exit interviews. It, it certainly does sound like Isaac is going to be done with the rehab process from his surgery pretty early and be able to focus on himself and getting better and building himself up for the season. We will get to know and we will know a whole lot more in training camp. I don't expect Jonathan Isaac to go anywhere. He is going to be on this team next year. The question is, what role will he play? And what will the Magic be able to count on him? Because at the end of the day, he's played 11 games since August 2020. That's not a lot. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a staggeringly low amount. And it's just hard to count on someone to contribute if they aren't going to deliver like that. We're going to move on to a player that had plenty of ups and downs. Someone we've talked about, but we'll talk about again. We're going to move on to Bull Bull as the Magic seek some help to fill that back up forward spot. We'll get to that coming up here in... It's time for a quick word. Prize. There it is. Every day of the NBA playoffs and finals, one prize picks user is going to win a chance at becoming a millionaire. One entry, one entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time will be randomly selected each day. Whoever placed that entry will be given a six-pick flex with the following payouts. Four correct picks gets you $16,000. Five correct picks gets you $80,000. And six correct picks will get you that cool $1 million. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at this link to be eligible for the million-dollar prize. Once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal, and you could be the lucky winner. So how do you play prize picks? Well, prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. It is the best game to play. It's my favorite daily fantasy game. I've kind of gotten rid of those salary cap games, gotten rid of playing in those large player groups, Prize picks is the way to go. How it works. You pick two to six players. If they go on to score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Again, no competing against other people. It's just you versus the numbers. Prize picks offers projections on any sport you watch, including NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, and so much more. You can play it year round. Entries can really be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in more than 30 states, including here in Florida, as well as Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports today. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget, Edward is a deposit match of up to $100 today. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. 
We're going to be going through some player evaluations, trying to burn off a couple here today. We're going to be talking about the backup forward spot. Tomorrow, we are going to talk about the draft. Our community mock draft project on OrlandoMagicDaily.com is over. We'll have the final results. Talk a little bit about what I learned, about what you guys are thinking, and what the Magic might be thinking when we get to draft coverage. We're going to talk about all that on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But let's move on to someone who actually did play a little bit. Um, because, you know, again, this this forward spot, you know, got crushed by injuries early in the season. Um, the whole reason why the Magic struggled, the whole reason why the Magic weren't able to kind of... The whole reason the Magic found themselves in that 5-20 and 20 hole uh, is because they didn't have point guards. But by the end of the season, I think... I think a lot of us feel that the forward spot is probably, you know, skill, skill-wise shooting is what we need. But the forward spot's probably the weakest spot on the roster. I mean, at least even Goga Batadze and Mo Wagner are serviceable backup centers. I think that area needs an upgrade too this summer. But backup forward has so many questions. And obviously it starts with Jonathan Isaac because he is, he is the player with the most potential, the player with the most invested in him, the player who has the most question marks. But so many other questions came up throughout the course of the season. And of course, the guy who held down the spot and the guy who, you know, both gave the Magic something unique, but also left them with a lot of questions was Bol Bol. Bol Bol had a breakout season. No getting around this. Averaged 9.1 points per game, played in 70 games, shot 54.6% from floor, all points and a half percent from beyond the arc, 5.8 rebounds per game. 1.2 1.2 blocks per game. He was everywhere. And there was certainly a time early in the season when he played some of his best basketball. When he had the freedom to go out there and just go. And, and look, you almost have to treat this season as Bull Bull's rookie year. He did not play in Denver. He did not get much opportunity to play. Denver didn't have the time to let him make mistakes. And early on in the season, Orlando did. He could turn the ball over. He could try and force his way to the basket. He, he had the freedom to make these errors and, and to try and learn by doing. And that's something Denver was never going to be able to give him. And so from that perspective, Bull Bull is certainly not someone to give up on. He showed that he can score in bunches, that he can hit the outside shot, that in transition he is darn near unstoppable because nobody knows what to do with a seven-foot guy that's that nimble and that mobile coming right at you. That's the truth. Bull Bull was simply a unicorn. For, 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 lack, for the lack of a better way to phrase it, Bull Bull was a unicorn. But obviously that didn't last. The Magic knew there were flaws and holes in this game. He turned the ball over a lot. He looked for his own shot a lot. He wasn't much of a passer. Defenses knew once you got him in the half court, it's a long way up from the floor to his hand. And that made it tough for him to drive, especially in traffic and in space. And that's going to be something that's going to be tough for him to get better at. And slowly but surely, his role was reduced. When Marco Fultz and Cole Anthony came back, when Jalen Suggs came back, when Gary Harris came back, the Magic were pretty set with their rotations and their play and their lineup now. They moved Bull Bull to the bench. On top of this, the Magic started winning a little bit more. The pressure started to grow a little bit more. Mistakes are costly. 
mistakes matter. And all of a sudden, not that the Magic were the Nuggets, they certainly could let Bull Bull go out there, but they couldn't let him make as many mistakes as he was making earlier in the season. They couldn't let him learn as much from experience as he was earlier in the season. And his poor defensive awareness, as much as he's a great shot blocker coming from the weak side, he'd lose track of players in the corner. And, and, and the Magic ran into one of the same problems that Denver did in the end. What position does he play? Because your position in the NBA isn't about where you play on offense. Clearly, Bull Bull can go anywhere on offense. Your position in the NBA is who, you, who can you defend. And ultimately, that is the question for Bull Bull. Because while he is great at taking up space offensively, he is not great in space defensively. Teams could isolate him. They could isolate him off the ball with a, with a cutter or a mover going to the basket or going to the corner to shoot a three. Some of these things you get better at with experience. And so again, it's hard to completely give up on someone with that much talent. And frankly, someone who showed us early in the season how good he can be. You can't completely give up on that. But at the same time, things have changed. This team is very clearly focused and aiming at making the playoffs. They are not hiding from the expectations that they will make the playoffs this year, that they will make the playoffs next year. And that means the mistakes that Bull Bull made are no longer acceptable. It means the mistakes that Bull struggled with are going to get a quicker hook than they did last year. And so for Bull, it was an up-and-down season filled with highlights and opportunity. A, a, A season that showed us what he can be. But it was also a season that asked him to accelerate. It was a season that asked him to be more than what he was and perhaps be more than what he was ready to show. And ultimately, the magic started to move in a different direction. By February, Bowl was out of the rotation. You know, perhaps a bit too late if the magic were really serious about making the playoffs, but the magic moved on. And it wasn't just because Jonathan Isaac was playing. It wasn't even because Juma Okeke was back. The Magic tightened their rotation and Bull Bull was the one left out. Does he have a future in that role, especially if Jonathan Isaac's healthy? That's a fair question to ask at this juncture of the offseason. That's a fair question to think about with Bull. Because as impressive as he is, he still got he still has a lot of room to grow and a lot of things that he needs to get significantly better at quickly to contribute to a playoff roster. It's like Jonathan Isaac. I I honestly don't think it's a smart idea to give up on, on Bull Bull. You, you don't give up on players too, too quickly if you can help it. If you can get a clear upgrade, obviously you, you do it. But Bull Bull earned a second look. He earned an opportunity, certainly in his first season actually playing, to work on his game in the summer and see when he comes back. See if he comes back a better player. 
see if this experience made him better. But look, that's now two backup forwards who have a lot of questions about him. And two backup forwards that I don't think the Magic should rely on. There's one more forward that fits the bill, and he's the one that's been most left out of the shuffle. We'll talk about Chuma Okeke's season, plus what the Magic do with that backup forward position with so many question marks. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. The, the, the story for Chuma Okeke is one of injuries. Plain and simple. Torn ACL in college and then his, his final four run. Uh, the bone bruise his rookie year. the uh, So many injuries just over and over and over and over again. And unfortunately, that was the story again for Chuma Okeke this year. He played the first 15 or so games. Missed the next 50 and never really got into rhythm. By the time he came back, the Magic's rotations were already set with Caleb Houston, with, you know, Bull Bull, with Jonathan Isaac. It was hard to reinsert OKK back into the lineup. He played, ended up playing in only 27 games this year, averaging 19.2 minutes per game, scored 4.7 points per game, shot 35.2% from floor, 30.2% from beyond the arc. And this is the unfortunate thing about Chuma OKK. As exciting and interesting as he is as a defender, someone who's disruptive, who's able to keep guys in front of him, be a really pesky defender, he hasn't gotten the three-point shot down. And that was always the thing that was going to keep him in the league and and make him a valuable player. That's what the Magic drafted him to do, to be a floor spacer. And while early on in his career, his first year with Steve Clifford, the Magic mixed in some post-ups and used his size a little bit better, under Jamal Mosley, rightly or wrongly, and to some, and I would argue wrongly, I think this has been a mishit on their part, they've turned Chuma Okeke almost exclusively into a three-point shooter. And that has been a failure. He's shooting in the low 30s in three-point percentage the last two years. It doesn't seem to be getting better. And as Okeke enters the final year of his rookie contract, Not only does he have the injury history that's kept him from breaking through and being a more impactful player, OKK also hasn't delivered when he's played. Again, it's hard to to judge anything from this season from OKK. The, The most interesting stat about OKK... After Okeke's injury knocked him out of the lineup, and he was out until February, Okeke did not play consecutive games until the very end of the season, those final three games of the season. The Magic were resting their starters. This is a guy that was just simply out of rotation, and any opportunity he got to show himself, either he didn't take advantage of it, and I certainly would say he didn't, um, or it was simply a cameo. And to me, that is a sign that the Magic... It is... Look, OKK could come back, could look a lot better, could be healthy, could give all these things. If, 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 if. 
But OKK is also entering the final year of his rookie contract. He is not getting an extension, to say the least. Restricted free agency seems to be a probably not. Because again, Jonathan Isaac and Bull Bull are ahead of him on the depth chart with all the questions that they have. And OKK is the one that is lost in the shuffle. Quite simply, and I hate to say this, because I like Chuma. Everyone in that locker room loves Chuma. He hasn't delivered on the promise. And it's hard to point to what his NBA skill is. Look, he is a great defender. He is a fantastic defender. He uses his body well. He's phys- he uses his physicality well. He gets deflections. He gets steals. He defends really, really well. But that's not enough. Certainly not on a team that has other highly... OKK is just too deep on the depth chart to draw any conclusions about. Except that he's probably the one that's going to get lost in the shuffle. As you can tell, there are a lot of questions about this backup forward spot for the Orlando Magic. Obviously, Paolo Bancaro, Franz Wagner are your two stars. Caleb Houston is probably still hanging around there somewhere. The Magic certainly still believe in him, and and, and he's one of the youngest players in the draft, and I think they're going to give him his opportunity. But after that, this is an area that is ripe to add players. In the draft, that could be Taylor Hendricks, that could be Jarris Walker, that could even be Derek Lively if they're looking to go with a center, it could be, uh, um, you know, Cam Whitmore can play a little. At, he's a undersized to play the four, but he could play a little bit of four. Um, it could be Gigi Jackson. There are some forward options available in this year's draft. It could mean going out into free agency and finding one. Whether, you know, Max Truce is a name that's, that's, that's come up in some magic circles uh, as a potential backup forward. But very clearly... These are three players. These are three key, in Isaac and Bull's case, rotation level rotation players for the team last year that have a lot of questions about them. A lot of questions about their availability, first off, and their usability, and what they can provide this team, and how they can help this team make the playoffs. Because at the end of the day, that's what everything's pointing to. Everything is pointing toward the postseason. That's where the Magic want to be. That's what the Magic want to deliver. And that's that's what that's what the Magic have to ask themselves. This I don't think backup power forward or backup forward is the most important need of the offseason. I think shoring up some guard depth, adding shooting. Like I said, my goal on draft night for the Magic is the Magic have to come away with a shooter. Plain and simple, the Magic needs shooting. Get a shooter on draft night and go on from there. But undoubtedly, the Magic need a little bit more elsewhere too. This offseason is about shoring up this roster. It's about giving it the depth to compete in the playoffs. And that's that's depth in usable depth. Depth that will contribute. Depth that, depth that you can rely on to deliver in a playoff series. To deliver consistently. So that the guys that go up and down are 
is Paolo Bancaro going to be an all-star or just a very good player? Is Franz Wagner going to be an all-star or just a very good player? Those are the variables that you're okay betting on or asking. What the Magic need is, is, is to have guys that they know exactly what they're going to get. And unfortunately, when it comes to Bull Bull, they don't know that. When it comes to Jonathan Isaac, they don't know that. And at this backup forward position, as solid as the starters are, there's a lot missing from the Orlando Magic. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himmel, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun myself podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. For latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagic. Daily. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. If you're one of our everyday listeners, we truly appreciate you tuning in every single day to listen to Locked On Magic. On tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to go over the results of our community mock draft, what we learned about the Magic's potential thinking, what fans want, uh, and what we think about the prospects overall. We'll get to that uh, on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. You do not want to miss it. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross with Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.